0: Percy, I'm sure you agree there's something to be said for individuals who redirect their resources, personal resources, to promote a cause that benefits others.
1: Oh, absolutely, Wayne. I think we all are moved to gratitude when we hear stories of people with wealth and resources who find causes to support and pushes them further down the road for the common good of others. So, you know, let's have a conversation today and discuss uh, such a person who's doing just that.
0: Yep. He's putting his money where his mouth is for prostate cancer awareness. The following program is produced and sponsored by City of Hope, a world leader in cancer research, treatment, and prevention. Information discussed during this program is not medical advice. Be sure to talk to your medical doctor for information and advice relating to your health. Welcome to Health, Hope, and Inspiration. I'm Wayne Shepherd, our host is Pastor P. Percy McRae, Director of Underserved Communities at City of Hope. And let's get started with this conversation today. Actually, it's gonna be an interview on this edition of the program. Uh, it's a guest who was with us just a, you know, a few weeks ago, program number 365. Keith Schultz was with us then and is back today, Percy.
1: Absolutely, yeah, we had so much to talk about. And again, just as a, a quick recap, we I met him face-to-face at a conference uh, and sat down and asked him for some of his time based upon uh, who he works for. And that and that's really going to be part of the conversation. We're going to talk really quite a bit about uh, the individual that he works for, this philanthropist who is sponsoring uh, so many causes across the country. And one of them is cancer, uh, prostate cancer awareness. And anyway, we'll get a little bit more insight to who, who this individual is and what, what drives him and motivates him.
0: And personally, you really appreciate him, don't you?
1: I do. Uh, Keith. Well, first of all, given the whole pro- the, the high profile nature of who he works for, you know, he didn't know me from a can of paint. You know, and he didn't have to give me. He gave me three hours of his time wow. in the midst of a very busy conference because he really wanted to talk about the work that he does and who he works for, and how he feels so blessed uh, to be able to be a person who's living out his purpose for a man who's living out his purpose. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, with that being said, he was very gracious with his time and I appreciated him uh, allowing me to kind of probe and dig around and ask some questions that would kind of Uh, be of value to our audience, and and Keith was very gracious and accommodating with that.
0: We'll hear that interview in just a moment on Health, Hope, and Inspiration. Speaking of people being gracious with their time, thank you for submitting questions to us through our website. We've asked for them, and you've sent in several great questions, and keep them coming. Go to healthhopeandinspiration.com to submit your question. This one comes from Albuquerque, New Mexico. This person says, I recently told my attending oncologist that I wanted to get a second opinion and they became noticeably upset with me. I don't want to offend my oncologist in any way, but what should I do?
1: Yeah, we, and you know, Wayne, we talk about this probably on every other third show with regard to encouraging people to be willing to get a second, even a third opinion that you are your own healthcare advocate, drive your bus, take the agency of what happens to you. And, and it is unfortunate. And I think that this is probably not very common in today's medical community and space where that would be a reaction from a healthcare provider. But what I would suggest is to respectfully uh, say to your, you know, your attending physician that, you know, it's it's not that you don't like or you're uncomfortable with or whatever the dynamic may be, but you just like to reinforce uh, that which is being said to you. Uh, with with someone else that will take a second look at your situation, so that you can have clarity. This really is not about your doctor, and 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 their feeling. This is about how you feel about moving forward with potentially life altering, life changing dynamics from a medical care perspective. Uh, when 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 I initially was diagnosed with my cancer, you know, I I I talked to one GI locally where I live in South Florida. And then i flew home back home to chicago which is where i'm from to speak to my my gi gi that i had a relationship with for 18 19 years to to validate Mm -hmm. confirm and verify what the first gi said to me and as it turned out in that particular equation uh everything that was said to me by the first doctor was was reinforced by my second doctor so uh but i have heard of stories where that is not always the case that sometimes people get different information Uh, They uh, different things are said. So I think that the bottom line is be respectful, uh, but be mindful at the end of the day that, you know, you have one life to live and you have one life to fight for and it's yours. And so, uh, as I often say, as the world turns. Uh, while we're young and restless, we're trying to help you navigate through general hospitals. So you know, continue to uh, to be your own advocate and uh, be respectful, but feel free to seek out a second or a third opinion if you feel like that's what you need to have in order to feel comfortable with whatever is being told to you to move forward with.
0: Thank you for that honest question, and thank you for the good answer, Percy. We yeah. really, really appreciate it. Healthhopeandinspiration.com is the website to submit your question. And let's turn to scripture before we hear today's interview.
1: Well, our uh, spiritual nugget for today is 1 John, the third chapter, verse 17. And it says this But whoso hath this world's good and seeth his brother have need and shutteth up his bowels of compassion from him, how dwelleth the love of God in him? Hmm. And how appropriate is this scripture for the conversation that we're going to have today uh, uh, with regard to a A philanthropist, a billionaire uh, who is putting his resources to further the cause of of advocacy for cancer and for the gentleman who works with him, who feels that it is his purpose that he is living out to work with such a person that is facilitating uh, the type of change that is needed and necessary around the cancer conversation.
0: That conversation is just ahead. If you or someone you love is fighting cancer, I hope you'll consider City of Hope with locations from coast to coast. Their team of more than 11,000 includes researchers, associates, scientists, doctors, nurses, allied health professionals. There are graduate students, fundraising specialists, marketing professionals, volunteers, and support staff and they're all united by their desire to find cures and save lives. Visit our website at healthhopeandinspiration.com and click on Sponsor to learn more about City of Hope. Or contact a member of their team with questions you may have about your treatment options. Simply call 866-712-HOPE. That number again, 866-712-4673. City of Hope uses a patient-centered approach and a wide range of technologies and techniques to deliver precision medicine, personalized care, and spiritual support. Learn more at healthhopeandinspiration.com. Let's learn about health, hope, and inspiration from
1: our guest as Percy comes now. Hey, 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 this is Pastor P. I'm back again, the cancer pastor, Reverend Percy McCray, and I'm here to have another compelling conversation. Um, We spoke to this gentleman, oh, it was probably several months ago, and I have brought him back to the show, Uh, Mr. Keith Schultz, who is the vice uh, president of Vista Equity Partners. And uh, in our previous conversation, we alluded to uh, some of the work that he is kind of chairing with a large group and partnership with uh, churches, faith leaders, uh, medical communities, et cetera, et cetera, around prostate cancer awareness and education. Welcome back to Health, Hope, and Inspiration, my friend. Uh,
2: it's, It's a pleasure to be back. And on behalf of Robert F. Smith, founder, chairman, and CEO of Vista Equity Partners and philanthropist, uh, all the things that you all have done to help get the word out on health. We appreciate what you do uh, and glad to be here again.
1: With that being said, let's talk about this initiative, the prostate cancer initiative that you are chairing. Let's talk about uh, what it is, uh, what is the goal of this, and maybe some, some things that, that are being done uh, to kind of uh, create mm. this awareness in, in, in our community.
2: Well, I've been blessed to. I, most people don't get to live out their purpose, uh, but I get to live out my purpose every day. Mm. Uh, but, but Robert frequently, uh, Robert Smith again, frequently says that if you can elevate the human spirit, you've done a good thing for the day. He's right. Right. And so, what he initiated um, back in 2018, um, prior to all the COVID activities and the like, was. A group of individuals who had a similar des- desire and concern uh, for the issue of uh, prostate cancer and its disproportionate impacts on um, men, as I call it, of West African ancestry. Okay. Black men. Got it. Got it. Um, and so, what the initiative is intending to do is to continue what occurred back in 2018. Okay. Uh, there was a team of. Uh, clinicians, Mount Sinai, researchers, PCF, academicians, University of California, San Francisco, uh, that started looking at a series of projects that could actually deal with in the near term, not 20 years, 30 years in the future, but to deal with the issue of the disproportionate incidence and mortality of prostate cancer. Here and now. Here and now. Not 20 years, but now. Um, During that process, uh, there were two specific activities that were identified that have Continued one, which had to do with the notion of black men being involved in trials, which there aren't many. Uh, many of the trials that have been done on prostate cancer are generally um, the proponents of people are people from European ancestry, and not as many um, people of West African ancestry or Black Americans who participate. So there was the issue mm-hmm. of uh, that particular challenge. Uh, there were also issues of how do we detect it early? Because if you can detect prostate cancer early, there's a 99% probability of you live at least five. Yeah. Years um, beyond. So high one, survival rate. High survival rate. And so one of the things that was pulled forward uh, was this polygenic risk score test. Okay. Um, it's a genetic marker um, that identifies the most lethal forms of prostate cancer, and again, in African-American men. And so one of the things that Robert um, decided to do in conjunction uh, with these others, and Prostate Cancer Foundation in particular, is to fund that research. Okay. This to is the so, philanthropic This arm. is the philanthropic piece uh, that goes along with these activities. The other philanthropic piece had to do with increasing the awareness, education, and screening. On that particular side, we worked with the folks at Mount Sinai to actually commission the construction and the building of a mobile prostate cancer screening bus. Okay. Um, We started that activity because we recognized that in some cases, in many cases, you may have to take health care to the community. Yep. And so we knew that address the issue of detecting the most lethal forms, yes. and likewise, going into the community. Got it. Those two activities launched the initiative that we're on now. Okay. Okay? So that's kind like, of like a little bit of history. And that's but that, part and of that's, our partnership and part our relationship as well. On. So that's how we started the discussion several months ago yep. um, mm-hmm. as part of the uh, work at the Conference of National Black Churches, because that bus was there. Yes, yes. Uh, and where we are now uh, here in the first, second quarter is how do we take what we learned during the activities of the last... Eighteen months or so. What are the right locations to have screening events? Ah. We've had screening events over the last eighteen months at a housing project. Okay. We've had screening events at a community fest housing project in Harlem. Okay. We've had a screening event at a community festival in Georgia. Okay. We've had a screening event at a national convention in Georgia as well as New York State, and we had a screening event at the Conference of National Black Churches several months ago. Yes. And what we found is if you have the right Type of event where you have a large percentage of black men, Mm -hmm. you actually get a very good turnout. Interesting. And so it makes sense. Um, And so as we're going forward, what we wanted to do. And
1: and all of the screenings can be done at that event.
2: All of the screenings. Everything that needs to be done. done. And the key part is, if you remember from our last discussion, there's this sensitivity that men have of being violated. Yes. Well, during the screening events, a person can elect to do the blood work only.
1: Ah, I was gonna. I was gonna a- go they there. They can
2: elect to do the blood work early, uh, blood work only. Um, what what occurs is there's a there's a protocol uh, that Dr. Tawari and his team has as part of the activities as well as the host location, because the mobile unit can only accommodate so many people, right? Makes and sense. And so, in conjunction with the mobile unit, when it travels, because it doesn't always travel and it doesn't need to, to oh, be quite honest, okay. Um, in ju- in conjunction with the physical location, we can actually accommodate some number of people over the course of time. Uh, okay. During that event, so so the intent was to actually make certain that we learned from those activities, mm-hmm. the ones in Harlem and in Georgia sure. and so forth. And the learning basically said there's a there's a format that works really well. Okay. There's a community that works really well, and working with trusted. Agents like the Conference of National Black Churches, the National Medical Association works really well okay. because they're trusted on the medical profession side. Yes, called National Medical Association, okay. and they're trusted from a community leadership perspective, like the Conference of National Black Churches, yes. thirty-one thousand churches, twenty million members, and yes. so forth. So it worked to bring in those trusted members of the community Got to it. deal with this. It. it also made sense to expand the partnership. Because at the time, I mentioned we had the Prostate Cancer Foundation at the start. Yes. We had Mount Sinai at the start. It made sense to expand the partnership to include City of Hope. Got it. Especially as they combined with Cancer Treatment Centers of America. Yes. It made sense to expand the partnership to include organizations that could do all the phlebotomy work nationwide. Wow. As opposed to just in regional locations. Yeah, that's huge. It made sense to um, plan three months out. So that you know that you've got all the detailed programmatics taken care of in the project work. Yeah. Because when we host it at a location, we want to make sure that the community is aware, the community is involved. Yeah. Because we learned that lesson in, in Harlem and in Georgia and yep. New York, that if you plan out and you use the public media that you have yes. available yes. Uh, to you to actually make sure that people know, because a large portion of it is awareness. Yes. And so if we can make people aware leading up to the event, educate people leading up to the event, and educate them while they're there, they'll be less apprehensive about being violated and more concerned about saving their life. Because edu- awareness, education, and screening will save people's lives. And that's what the initiative is intended to do.
1: Uh, what is the goal of roughly how many African-American men that we're, that you're attempting to try to reach with this initiative? Ballpark figure
2: the the ballpark numbers that we're trying to reach, and again, we're building up, so this will not be instantaneous. Yeah. So we think that so we can, up to this. So we're ramping up to tens of thousands of people per year. Wow! Um, and the intent is for those forty five and above, um, because yeah, most likely, and so 45 and above. And so once we believe that we can hit those numbers, we'll be able to hit those numbers on an annual basis. And it's hitting those numbers wow. across multiple locations. So, so there may be times where we'll be having screening events two or so a month in New York City mm-hmm. or in Charlotte mm-hmm. or in New Orleans or in Atlanta or, Atla- or Los Angeles. Yeah. So the intent is to have these screening events in conjunction with the host Conference of National Black Churches, yes, members, yes. trusted advisors with the community, yes, right? right. Um, and so the intent is to go across the country and increase the awareness and education and screening in these particular locations. And so when I say tens of thousands, it's across the United States in all of these locations that that's being hosted by um, the, the members of the Conference of National Black
1: Churches. This is huge. It is major uh, first of all, let me say I'm excited to be a part and play whatever role I can play. One of the things that the role that that, that, that I'm here to do is to amplify this message, which is why we're having this conversation sure. on this platform. So, you know, to everyone that is listening here on Health, Hope, and Inspiration, go back and talk to your, your pastors, your churches, uh, and and there'll be some information that'll be forthcoming that we'll be able to announce some other things with greater detail. Is there uh, at, uh, at this point a website that people can access to get information?
2: Yes. Part of what we intended to do is the the, the, the folks over at the Prostate Cancer Foundation under uh, Dr. Charles Ryan have graciously agreed uh, to provide um, a website where people can come and uh, get more information.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: Uh, and the interesting thing about the entire partnership, all of the people who are working on the partnership are doing it pro bono, really? which is the strangest Blessing,
1: that right? is a blessing. That is a huge, <laughs> it's blessing. a huge
2: blessing because we recognize that there's a cost to do the blood work. There's Absolutely. a cost to ho- there's a cost to all of these things. Yes. Um, but the one thing that um, folks rallied around behind uh, the, the, the message that um, Robert um, was trying to convey was you know if we can address this one issue. Um, this disproportionate impact, be it um, incidence of mortality of prostate cancer, it's after skin, can- skin cancer, it's the number one cancer after skin cancer. Yeah. Right? Um, one out of six uh, men of West African ancestry as opposed to one out of eight mm-hmm. of white counterparts, mm-hmm. uh, twice as likely to die. I mean, the, the numbers are pretty clear. Uh, and so if we could start addressing the issue, what if when we brought them in for their prostate cancer screening, we did cholesterol work? Absolutely. All the other comorbidities that we suffer from, yes. while you're going through the activities to be screened, there's actually provides an opportunity to deal with some of these other health issues. Diabetes that
1: and on and on.
2: So maybe this serves as an on-ramp to address a whole lot of other yes. health issues yeah. that affect black men. Because many black men go to the doctor because a woman in their life said go do it. That's absolutely right? the truth. <laughs> and, so, and in many <laughs> cases, reluctantly. Reluctantly. Uh, I was at a session in Georgia uh, and it was a young man whose father-in-law suffered from prostate cancer. Uh-huh. And he's like, nope, I can't do it. I'm not doing it. And it was his wife who ultimately forced him to say, we need to, you need to revisit this.
1: I'll tell you a quick story. When, um, after my, my cancer incident, again, I had colon, early stage one colon cancer. And, and those who knew me began to start kind of reaching out, asking some questions. And I had a gentleman who asked about, okay, tell me a little bit about how did you find out that you had colon hmm. cancer? So told him I had a colonoscopy. Mm -hmm. I thought he was going to jump out of his shoes. He was like, oh, man, I don't know if I can let anybody do that to me. And he said, please don't tell my wife, because I knew his wife as well. He said, don't tell my wife that we had this conversation, because she's been telling me I need to go and, and have my colon checked. And I literally had to talk him off of this ledge of fear around the procedure of being checked. And so with that though we're talking about prostate cancer, anatomically, we're still talking about the same area that theoretically needs to be uh, accessed, uh, more or less, to kind of get to, you know, some some real nitty-gritty dynamics beyond a blood draw. And and I I thought he was going to start running in fear and screaming down the street as if he was on fire. He was so fearful of the dynamic of being scoped.
2: Yeah. Um, I've had my colonoscopy twice, because I'm (laughs) Late fifties yeah, now, yeah. Uh, and mine was really simple. I mentioned in our last discussion that I've had a large number of people in my family yeah, had uh, that had had a history of cancer. I never knew what cancer my dad died from because I was only four. Oh wow! Um, and so, so I was like, hmm. If you're predisposed to such and such, you probably want to get your. I was like, hmm. Yeah. My dad died when I was four. At the time, my sons were still in high school, and so I was like, hmm. I don't want my kids to have me leave like my dad left no, me. I, no. People who don't have parents or what have you don't realize the impact of ha- not having a dad around yeah. me. And so I didn't want to do that to my boys, got to it, be quite honest. So it. it wasn't so much for me. It was for my family yeah, that I decided to go ahead sure. and get married. Um, because I didn't want my, my wife to be a single parent like my mom was. I didn't want my kids to not have a dad like I was. So for me, it wasn't about me in terms of why I got screened sure. it was because my wife because of my sons yep. and so I had to get over it yeah. to be quite honest yeah. I just got over it and now every year when I do my physical I get my I get do, do the PSA exam every yeah. year um and and I realized that if my wife had not had hers checked remember I told you before right. that my wife had ovarian cancer yeah. she we always go in on our around our birthday to get our physicals she went around her birthday and she was diagnosed picture if she had not had that annual physical Yeah, picture if we had not Decided that every time we go in, we're going to do these tests to check that we have these cancers. If she had not done that, yep. we wouldn't have celebrated Christmas that year.
1: Yes, sir. Yes, sir.
2: Well, well, we wouldn't have celebrated together. Yeah, she'd have been the glory, right?
1: Well, um, this this is an important message. This is an important initiative, and I want everyone listening, uh, all of the folks that listen to HHI, uh, please adhere to again. And and I want everyone to understand this is not just only about African-American men, obviously, but we talk about many different dynamics on this platform, and certainly one of the areas that could from a healthcare perspective that's kind of considered a desert area, as you've used that language, is in the African-American community and in this particular case around prostate cancer with men that we want to continue to drive the message of awareness, empowerment, and encouragement and uh, being transparent to talk about this. Because one of the things that I've also have learned, my friend, is that sometimes men clam up. They don't want to have this discussion. And, and they certainly don't necessarily always want to talk with each other about it. We'll go on the golf course and we'll talk about, you know, LeBron James. But let somebody bring up the topic of, you know, prostate cancer or, or it gets a little quiet, gets a little rigid, gets a little tense sometimes.
2: Sure. I mean, part of men don't talk, men don't communicate the same way women do.
1: No, for I mean, sure. I mean, and so, <laughs> no
2: question about so that. So part of the the challenge that we have in terms of this increasing the awareness is to have men be okay comfortable talking about it. Um, There was a friend of mine um, who I went to college with uh, and he and I used to talk about it all the time because he knew I was doing work um, um, for Robert Smith in terms of these activities. uh, And he knew I was involved with the Prostate Cancer Foundation. So we would have these discussions from time to time. And so when he actually had his PSA, and it was elevated, he had somebody to talk to, because yes. he had heard about it. Yes. Uh, and so he talked to both Robert and I, and, and a lot of the other doctors that he knew we had interacted with. Uh, and he was near one of the most renowned uh, cancer treatment uh, facilities in the world, in the Midwest. Um, and he had good care. Good. He had good quality health care. Um, a, a lot of folks, I, I spent a lot of time in the military, which I didn't tell you the last time, but okay. I spent a lot of time in the military. And one of the areas that I, I I believe I have this statistic right, so don't quote me on the statistic. Okay. But here's kind of what it is: there is no disparity in healthcare with veterans in the VA. Interesting. Between races, there's no disparity. Interesting. And people are like, "Well, why is there no disparity between the races in the VA? It's the largest medical system in the country. Right. No what? disparity. Consistent high quality care. Wow. So what if everyone got consistent high quality care? What well, a concept. Picture that. <laughs> what a thought. Uh, and so, so being a veteran, I, I, I do a lot of work uh, with military folks and the like, and, and the whole notion of um, that consistent, high quality care removing these disparities. Yes. One of the issues is this d- desert that I spoke about before in terms of what, happened, what what would be the benefit if we had consistent, high quality care? Would comorbidities go away? Yes. Would all the costs that are in the system for high blood pressure, diabetes, uh, you name all the ailments that yeah, people have? Absolutely. Um, and what the impact would be on the healthcare system, the cost in the healthcare system, if we addressed The preventive side of that, yeah. And I'm not a flaming liberal, or I'm not any of that. Mine is just a pragmatic, from a pragmatic perspective. If we can address a lot of the um, uh, issues that cause a lot of these diseases, yeah, that's not being hyperbolic uh, at all. Instead of because if you're responding to the diseases, it's it's a lot more expensive than if you're trying to prevent. That is, but it's a big investment, and I get that. Yes, uh, from the standpoint of the costs uh, that are associated with prevention compared to. Uh, the costs of treatment and the drugs that keep people alive and like so
1: to that point and in the few minutes that we have left this has been a compelling conversation thank you for your time tell us a little bit about uh, your boss what 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 and for people who may not be aware or knowledgeable of who he is uh tell us a little bit about him that he would be comfortable with you telling me. I
2: Robert F. Smith, founder, chairman, and CEO of Vista Equity Partners and philanthropists, most people heard of him when he gave what we call the transformational gift at Morehouse College. Correct. Um, there were some 400 young men uh, that were there. Uh, and for them and their parents, what a deal. Yeah. What a deal. Yes. Um, and if people know Robert the way that I know, Robert and I, effectively started at AT AT&T Bell Laboratories together. Got it. Um, He was at AT AT&T Bell Laboratories in Colorado. I was at AT AT&T Bell Laboratories in Homedale, New Jersey. Okay. We didn't know each other at the time, but God winked, Wow. as I call it. yeah. Uh, And I was led to Cornell through a series of circumstances. He was led to Cornell by a series of circumstances. Uh, We studied together. He was chemical engineering. I was electrical engineering. We were fraternity brothers. We pledged Alpha Phi Alpha. Mm -hmm. I mean, long history. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Well, his heart has always been the same. Wow! Right? And so the fact that he elevated the human spirit of 400 people amazing. at Morehouse, amazing. his answer after that was, Keith, you got go to f- go find a-, find a way to figure that out. And for everyone else who heard that, they probably heard, go figure out how to find out how many students have what loans, right. who the loan services right, were, right. did they have Parent Plus loans, all of the mechanical kind of things. Mm-hmm. That wasn't where his heart was. His heart was, I only address 400 students. Ah. How do I do it at scale to address all HBCU? Better yet, not just HBCU students, but how about all students at all minority serving institutions with people of color? Yeah. His heart was not into solving a problem for 400. His was to address the wealth gap through the lens of education. Wow. That's where his head was. Got it. Everybody else was thinking about, oh, what a big deal. He's paid off 400. But his was really much bigger than that. Yeah. And so what was birthed out of 400 students. Is now being reflected in an organization called the Student Freedom Initiative, which is addressing the issue of student debt for juniors and seniors majoring in STEM, providing up to $20,000 a year for two years, okay. and to provide that benefit forever. Wow. That's at scale. But he also recognized that addressing the issue, I mean, there's a $1.7 trillion student loan debt problem. Yes. The administration, past and present, have done a lot to address that issue, but there's still a $1.7 trillion student loan debt. Yes, still sitting well, there. Well, what if that debt was addressed by this program that, through the Student Freedom Initiative, and students graduated and they never had work experience? Hmm. Well, that didn't work. Remember, Robert started in high school with an internship. Got he it. knew the power of internships. Yeah. So it was natural to include within that program two paid internships. Got 65% of students with a paid internship have a job waiting for within three to six months after graduation, okay. but what if they had two, Yeah, right? Yeah, I can't say uh, enough about Vista Equity Partners is fantastic in terms of the leadership, the people. Robert, as the founder, chairman, and CEO, I've got a job that's made for me, right? So well, it's all good for me. I
1: appreciate you giving the audience some insight to who this 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 man's heart is and what it does and what is driving this initiative around prostate cancer awareness. And I thank you for your work that you're doing. Mm -hmm. Clearly, you are invested. You are passionate. Mm -hmm. And uh, it's my privilege to be able to help and assist you in any way that I can. And if nothing else, we will continue to amplify this message around prostate cancer awareness and all of the things that this initiative will do as we move further down the line in the calendar. Thank you so much, my friend.
2: uh, Thank you for what you do. Thank you for uh, elevating the message. And, And again, on behalf of Robert, uh, well, as I call it, Team Robert, yeah. Robert Smith, founder, chairman, and CEO yeah, of the Yeah, shout out to <laughs> Robert. Yeah, uh, shout we, out. Yeah, I mean, shout out. Because most people just have no idea um, the fact that, of, of what he does or the other partners that we work with, whether it be uh, Franklin Richardson of the Constant National Black Churches and Jackie, the folks at City of Hope. Uh, yeah, Jackie Burton. Jackie, yeah, Jackie Burton, you know, and, and, as well as the folks from the uh, National Medical Association, the folks from um, – our lab core friends, all of those who help in any shape way, or fashion uh, with regard to uh, three things. And that's really just increasing the awareness, the yep. education, and of course the screening. Because we believe if you can do those three things, you'll detect it early. Yes. If you can detect it early, you can save
1: lives. And that is the goal at the end of the day. Well, today you have heard Uh, Again, from Keith Schultz, he is the vice president of Vista Equity Partners that he's just unpacked and kind of given some history and and the reach and the scope uh, of that organization. And uh, we are grateful. And so with that being said, uh, we'll keep you up to date on on all things with regard to. Uh, the initiative of Prostate Cancer Awareness on this platform. And again, uh, as I can continue to kind of help aid and assist that messaging, we will do so from uh, the Cancer Treatment Centers of America and City of Hope. Thank you, my friend. The hour is late. I'm going to let you go get in the (laughs) bed so you can uh, uh, sleep and rest. You've been working hard uh, today. You have heard from Keith Schultz on health, hope, and inspiration. I'll talk to you soon. Take care. God bless.
0: Thank you, Percy, and our thanks to Keith as well. We'll uh, talk with Percy about this interview in just a moment. But we are excited to announce that Health, Hope & Inspiration and Abide Meditations have teamed up to make a premium subscription of Abide's mobile app free to the HHI community. They make Bible meditations delightful. You can learn to meditate in five minutes a day by using the app and rest peacefully with Abide's Bible-based sleep stories. Text HHI to 22433 for your free subscription quiet your mind, relax your body. Just text HHI to 22433. Once again, the letters HHI and the numbers 22433. We believe you will be blessed and encouraged. Percy, for context on the uh, interview with Keith just now, he works for a man who's been very, very generous, as you pointed out.
1: Indeed. He's uh, the vice president of uh, Vista Equity Partners, and which is a uh, The founder and chairman is Robert F. Smith, and many people may be familiar with him. And probably the most popular thing that I think that most people may remember about him is that uh, this philanthropist provided a transformational gift to 400 young Morehouse College students and paid off all of their college debts and loans and cleared the books for them so that they can graduate without any uh, having to repay uh, for their education. So which is just a snapshot of who Robert it's F. Smith fabulous, is. but Keith, right? Yeah, it's just unbelievable. And Keith is is his vice president of his organization, and so he was gracious with his time uh, to sit to help me to understand a little bit better about who Robert Smith is and some of the other things that he does. Uh, and, you know, interestingly, Wayne, that uh, uh, Keith and, and Robert met I guess, as young lads back at, you know, AT&T Bell Laboratories and, you know, and they got together and I guess befriended one another and, you know, et cetera, et cetera. And uh, Keith says that he has been blessed uh, to live out his purpose, to be able to to work alongside uh, a change agent like uh, Robert Smith, who basically he says his motto more than anything else is that if you've been able to further uh, and elevate the the lives of somebody else that you've done a good thing. And I think that that is something that is powerful when we think about uh, how to make a difference in the lives of other people. So these are tremendous uh, African-American men uh, that are committed to the cause of, of, of making life better for others. And so I was appreciative of his time.
0: Indeed. Well, this issue of prostate cancer affects all men, but I'm particularly thankful that they are focusing on helping uh, black men or some, sometimes uh, overlooked when it comes to PSA uh, tests and that sort of thing.
1: Well, what was interesting, one of the things that uh, Keith mentioned to me, and I was not aware of this, and so it, it, I was enlightened in this regard that many of the, I guess, cancer trials for prostate cancer that are done uh, have not involved African-American men. And I'm not really sure what the rationale is behind that. But the fact of the matter is that that in and of itself, you know, if you don't have a wide spectrum of representation of of all social subgroups with regard to trials, with regard to new uh, cancer drugs and et cetera, you know, there's something to be said about that. So, again, to, to create that type of awareness and and to kind of bring that to the forefront and to say, hey, you know, we need to do something to further uh, this dynamic of prostate cancer awareness, getting PSAs uh, in the local churches with uh, faith leaders and members of the congregation to say that we need to take ownership of, of our health Because, again, you know, there's a disproportionate amount of African-American men who contract prostate cancer and who die from prostate cancer. And, again, as we stated, Wayne, you know, if if caught early within the first, I think, you know, three years or so, if caught early, uh, the statistic is that, you know, there's a 99 percent chance of five-year survival of prostate cancer. So it's a highly survivable and treatable disease if caught early. So sure. detection, early detection is important and crucial. And that's all that this group is all about and what they're trying to do with this initiative.
0: We are thankful for these men. And, and I, the scripture that you started the program with describes them perfectly, doesn't it?
1: <laughs> it does. And so we'll we'll close the way that we we started uh, with that. And that's 1 John 3 and 17. And it says, But whosoever uh, hath his world's good and seek his brother... Uh, have need and it up his bowels of compassion from him, how dwelleth the love of God in him? Well, today we want to salute Robert Smith, and we certainly want to salute Keith Schultz, who have committed themselves of, of furthering the the betterment of somebody else with the resources and ingenuity that they have to continue to uh, express and display the love of God. Thank you, Keith, for your time. You were so gracious to me and I appreciate it so much. And thank you to Robert Smith uh, for uh, facilitating and financing a, a pretty lofty objective of making sure that as many black men as possible are are being addressed around prostate cancer awareness. We appreciate both of you guys so much.
0: And thank you for listening to Health, Hope & Inspiration. This program is available, a new episode is released each week and you can subscribe on many podcast platforms, including Apple and Google or at our website, healthhopeandinspiration.com. Percy McCray is our host now. Is there something we're supposed to be doing I forget, Percy?
1: Well, after listening to these two men, I realized I got a lot of work to do. (laughs) I'll tell you what, man. Uh, So with that being said, continue to go forth. We have work to do. Let's help and make a world that we live in a better place. And so let's keep chopping the wood. Don't give up and don't give in. God bless.
0: Thank you for listening to Health, Hope, and Inspiration. Health, Hope, and Inspiration is sponsored by and produced by City of Hope, a world leader in cancer research, treatment, and prevention. If you or someone you love is fighting cancer, consider City of Hope, a world leader in cancer research, treatment, and prevention. Our hospitals in California, Georgia, Illinois, and Arizona are dedicated to making a difference in the lives of cancer patients. Our team of more than 11,000 includes researchers, associates, scientists, doctors, nurses, allied health professionals, graduate students, fundraising specialists, marketing professionals, and volunteers and support staff, all united by our desire to find cures and save lives. Visit healthhopeandinspiration.com to view our cancer-related resources or to contact our oncology information specialist about questions you may have about your treatment options. City of Hope is dedicated to tailoring a combination of cancer treatments to the needs of each individual patient. From advanced genomic testing to state-of-the-art technologies and evidence-informed supportive care therapies like spiritual support that target cancer-related side effects, comprehensive services are delivered by a team of cancer experts. Our national network also includes many clinical care locations, offering consultations and other medical services in a convenient outpatient setting. Learn more
1: at health, hope,